Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, with my two lovely, awesome co-hosts, co-hosts Mr. J.B. Brooks and Holt Smash. Holt Smash, do you think we should open this uh, podcast up with like a finally, we've, we've come back to Anchor, kind of like the rock style? Yeah, definitely could. Um, or we could do like a Stone Cold thing where we just like crack open a couple beers and chug them real quick. I do. Um, I, I have been doing some podcasting networking um, over the past couple of years, and uh, one of my uh, podcasting friends says that they, um, him and his friends, whenever they podcast, they always uh, tradition crack up a, open a Miller Light when they start podcasting. It's like their thing. So we can't. I don't want to steal that, but like I was thinking, like that might not be a bad idea. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good idea. We could uh, say like officially started like right after we do it and then we yeah. say connect yeah but uh we are back officially or unofficially official kind of like the big 10 jb are you excited for big 10 football i know you're um i know this is the sec podcast but you have to have um some excitement for the enemy right i am i mean the big 10 is my other favorite conference to watch besides the sec i mean i know it's the enemy but big 10's got some quality football too i mean I'm, i can take off my sec shaded glasses and and tell you that the Big Ten has some quality games. But sadly, whole smash, the Big Ten is back, but no Maction still. Yeah, that's a shame. But uh, I think before too much longer, the Mac is going to be maybe the only Division One conference not playing uh, the way things are trending right now. Yeah, I don't understand what has happened uh, in the past month for Big Ten football to happen versus not happening other than the public pressure. Do you think do you think it's truly public pressure hold or do you think it's what I think Kevin Warren and Big Ten officials were saying that well now we can test every day uh, e- easier I guess with the antigen antigen test wherever it is supposed to in- uh, increase our testing ability or whatever they're saying and like they have some kind of study for the the M word that's supposed to like uh, mess up your heart that's like since been cured. So I'm wondering, do you think it's related to the testing ability and more science or do you think it's the public pressure that's hit them? Well, I definitely think it's the public pressure 100%. Um, you know, the myocarditis, I believe is how you say it. Yeah. It's uh, a tough word. I always want to call it mitochondria, but I know, I know that's not quite right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those, it's one of those difficult words. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that has definitely not been cured in the last month. Um, 
you know, I think it's the Big Ten's gone full spin cycle. They know that they've completely lost like the PR battle, um, and they've completely, you know, swung and missed on their decision last month. And you know, it, they're kind of in a surrender mode a little bit, but they're trying really hard to spin it. Like they, you know, so much has changed in the past month. And <laughs> my favorite part was I think it was the Northwestern. Uh, physician or doctor or whoever it was was basically saying like there's been so many advancements in the past month and like i just like started cracking up like as soon as he said that it's just like you know i mean maybe the testing is a little better now but i mean let's be honest like testing wasn't the reason that the big 12 gave for why they did they couldn't play it was the myocarb whatever the mitochondria the mitochondria gets you mitochondria disease (laughs) um you know so you know again it's they're talking out of both sides of their mouth and it's pretty obvious to me, you know, I'd said on the podcast before, I think it's mostly just political from the university presidents. Um, you know, I think Kevin Warren's taking a lot of the heat for it. Um, not saying he's done a good job or anything, but I don't know how much of it was really in his hands to begin with. But, uh, that being said, you know, I definitely enjoy making fun of the big 10. I don't think anything's changed, but I will admit I am happy that they are playing because, you know, we get some more games, um, you know, to watch on Saturdays. And, of course, uh, you know, you have to be happy for all those players uh, getting the opportunity to play. I'm most excited to watch Justin Fields play. Uh, it was looking bad there for a while that we wouldn't get to see him or Ohio State or any of the Big Ten players play. And they, um, to their credit, they did fight for it and uh, pretty much just um, ridiculed the Big Ten officials for letting them not play for a while. So that's probably what I'm most excited about is Justin Fields. Um, JB, did you get the details of the Big Ten uh, playing schedule? I know there – I think it's like, what, eight conference games plus, like, championship weekend where it's, like, one versus one, two versus two, and so forth? Yeah, you pretty much covered it. I mean, it's eight conference games in the span of nine weeks. So they only got one week as a bye, basically one uh, week to give, so to speak, as far as, like – not screwing it up, you know, with having too many players, you know, testing positive and having games canceled. So, yeah, it's eight games in nine weeks. And then the final weekend is championship weekend. And then you also have, like, the number 13 team or, uh, yeah, number 13 play number three. Or, no, 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 sorry. You would have three, four, five versus six. Like, basically just all constellation games. So then you'd also have number 13 versus number 14 to determine who's going to finish last, which that would be kind of fun, too. Um, oh, don't you think they should give us a little bit of credit for coming with this idea? Because we've been saying forever and a day that uh, Vanderbilt and Arkansas should play in like the last place game for SEC. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. been one of our themes on this show, and definitely, um, you know, have the losing team uh, get the get the trophy at the end of the game. They have to stay on the mm-hmm. field, like awarded um, a surprise and like you know a prize or like a. <laughs> Um, surprise you're out of the SEC you're going yeah, to the Sun Belt it could be like a <laughs> it could be like a toilet seat or something like a toilet seat trophy and then instead of confetti they have like I don't know something else you have to make it like as humiliate, uh, humiliating as possible so I don't know if that's like the losing team has a saying the winning teams like fight song or cheer or make them put on like shirts that say like you know how as soon as they win the SEC championship or not the SEC like teams win the national championship Everybody has like their national championship swag, like the sh- the shirts, the hats, and like the championship newspaper that just printed right away. Like they should do the exact same thing, but like you're the worst team. That's it. I think that'd be funny. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and it'd be even funnier if it was in the Big Ten. I mean, can you imagine, like, Rutgers and Illinois playing, like, a, a game to see, like, which one can actually win a conference game? Yeah, it would um, – be well, it kind of sucks. Oh, you're saying Illinois. I was thinking about Northwestern for a second. But, yeah, Illinois um, – Illinois did have some okay teams back in the day. Uh, Ron Zucker, I guess. But, um, all right, so – What's that? Juice Williams. He was our quarterback. Who – oh, I was going to say, it wasn't uh, Mendenhall their running back. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and they uh, – they had a receiver that was pretty good too, but I can't remember his name now. Yeah, it sounds like a team I would want to play with in uh, – and uh, instead by football on Xbox or PlayStation, um, RIP. But um, maybe this is an idea we can still going forward for SEC. Um, I kind of because what we're at like what nine conference games, right? I mean, we're at 10 conference games this year, but nine normally in a normal season. That'd be kind of fun to have eight and then have <laughs> we're at eight normally, Alex. Eight okay. conference. Well, thanks, thanks, yeah. uh, for fact checking yeah. on that. So, seven conference games plus a like championship weekend that's um has a grand finale of the SEC championship game one versus one for East versus West. But it would be great to see on SEC championship Saturday to have like all um fourteen teams play in seven games on championship Saturday, like starting with the shittiest teams all the way up to the best teams. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Innovative. All right. So this show we are going to have our bold uh I guess it's preseason predictions, uh, preseason for SEC and the Power Five, um, almost Power Five, because Clemson and some ACC teams played and Big 12 teams kind of played last week. Um, but we are going to do, I guess what, we have a whole list of awards we want to hand out for the preseason here, preseason SEC with like Heisman, uh, most surprising player. So we'll get into that. Uh, before we get into that, I do want to talk about some of the games that were last week, even though they weren't SEC. Uh, there was actually a lot of good games, I thought, last week. Uh, JB, what, what game were you most excited about last week to watch, or which one was most fun to watch? I mean, I was really interested in the uh, BYU-Navy game. I mean, on paper, I thought it was going to be a lot better, but obviously. Uh, why would you? I'm saying, like, after the fact. I'm not saying, like, now, like before. Because, uh, like, I mean, that was not fun at all yeah. to watch. I guess, you know, to rephrase it, that was the game I was looking forward to the most. But the game I enjoyed the most was Arkansas State and Kansas State. I mean, I love watching Arkansas State play, especially with a lot of guys out for that game, too. I mean, they weren't uh, fully stocked on the roster. I mean, they were shorthanded, and they still went to Manhattan, Kansas, and, uh, you know, had pulled out all the stops with Blake Anderson, give him a lot of credit. And they were able to come away with a victory. And plus, their quarterback, Logan Bonner, went down, too, had to go to their backup quarterback and the second half. I mean, that was an incredible performance, Barkins, I'll say. That was my favorite game of the weekend. So the only one I, I can think that maybe topped that, I think that was probably the best game, but the Louisiana, not Lafayette, but Raging Cajuns game against uh, Iowa State was fun to watch. Uh, Hold, I know you're, you're high on Billy Napier. Um, is he the um, – trendiest I don't want to say hottest because that sounds like uh looks wise but do you think he's the coach most likely to be poached after this year yeah I think so he's going to be the first name on the list I think and uh what's funny is that I think uh the guy he beat Matt Campbell uh maybe is taking a little bit of a step back now um he's you know we, we've been high on him for a while he apparently turned down the Florida State job last year and like a couple other jobs uh, he's turned down um 
I'm starting to think that maybe he may have missed out. I think he may have leveled off a little bit at Iowa State. I still think he's a good coach, but, um, you know, not trending in the same direction, especially offensively. His stock has fallen. With uh, with Brock Purdy, you really expected them to be a little bit more explosive on offense than they were. Um, so, But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I definitely think that uh, Napier is going to be the uh, the hot name for uh, whichever uh, programs are ballsy enough to fire a coach in the middle of this pandemic. Oh, I'm sure we'll have some. Um, we'll definitely – and we'll probably have some in the SEC. I think we're there's some coaches potentially to get fired during the pandemic. We'll see how it plays out. All right, so – that being said, there's a whole shit ton of awards we want to hand out for the preseason. And I had them written down, but then um, for some reason I deleted it. So I am going to go off my memory for some of these and ask for help on others. I don't think I can go to the screenshot, but we'll try our best here. So let's start off with the ultimate college football award, the Heisman. Now we have Ohio State. So I guess Justin Fields could come to play or somebody else besides Trevor Lawrence. But who do you think is going to be the best player in college football this year? I'll start with you, JB. Um, well, I think the best player this year is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he's obviously the number one pick. He's going to be the leader of this Clemson offense, and I have a lot of faith in him to uh, – I mean, the stats may not show, in my opinion, but he's going to be the best player on the field in any given game. Did y'all watch the – it's hard. Like, I couldn't imagine watching the entire Clemson-Wake Forest game. I watched, like, the first half, but, like, good Lord, they looked like they were ready to play. The whole team, um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence looked awesome, but the whole entire team was great for, for Clemson against Wake Forest. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I would just say, um, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the safest pick. Usually the Heisman Trophy goes to someone who's like at least a little bit off the radar, but I just I get the sense that Clemson is so focused this year, and Trevor Lawrence committed this offseason to uh, improving his game. Um, and I just I actually have to agree. Like I just think that he's going to go off this year and have a huge season. What what other players we we talk about candidates besides yeah. him? Well, yeah, I mean Justin Fields obviously comes to mind. Um, in the SEC, I mean, you know, some guys could step up. I mean, you know, Miles Brennan could maybe have a huge year. Uh, Bo Nix could potentially take a step forward. Um, what about an Oklahoma quarterback? They have to be in the running, right? Yep. Spencer Rattler um, has been kind of gone viral with some of the making last week. Uh, you know, and I mean, people obviously the Missouri State, which I mean, isn't impressive, but um, he threw some absolute darts. I mean, he was, you know, he was really – he's really got some arm strength, and uh, it's going to be exciting to watch him in that offense for sure. Um, you know, I think Sam Ellinger at Texas, you know, obviously is a good player. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot. I think the Pac-12 is eventually going to come back as well. So, um, you could potentially get some guys out there as well. But, you know, for the most part, I think Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence are probably the two favorites. And then, you know, maybe Rattler, Ellinger are there too. Maybe Bo Nix, maybe Miles Brennan. I think probably one of those. What about uh, KJ Costello hold? I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be get you to be a homer, but Mike Leach has uh, always had some quarterbacks that put up a lot of uh, great numbers, and there's going to be a little bit more of a profile for an SEC quarterback if he puts up similar numbers. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, like, I've been a little bit surprised how little buzz uh, KJ Costello has actually gotten this offseason. Uh, you know, he's got some – 
he's put up some pretty good numbers, um, and he has some pretty big wins in his career as well. I mean, he's beaten Oregon. He's beaten Notre Dame, USC, um, you know, uh, a couple other programs as well. I'm forgetting one. But uh, he has some really big wins, you know, under his belt, and he's put up some really big stats. Um, I think the main concern is him staying healthy. He obviously had some concussions last year, and I think he had a hand injury as well. So um, staying healthy is definitely the biggest concern. But if he's able to stay healthy, I mean, Mike Leach quarterbacks always put up numbers, and he's – you know, just like I said, he's already shown he can do it at this level against good competition. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been more buzz for him. Now, as far as Heisman goes, I don't think so, just because State's not good enough this year to, you know, win seven or eight games like the Heisman Trophy winner is probably going to have to do. But uh, I think he could post some really big numbers and surprise a lot of people this year. SEC Defensive Player of the Year, JB, who you got? I've got one with uh, Patrick Sertain. With Alabama defensive back, I mean, they're DBU just like LSU, and uh, he's going to be a big time leader for this Alabama defense. I like him. Oh, you know, I'm going to actually go with Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, DB at LSU. I mean, I feel like that's the obvious pick, um, but he's just been really impressive. Um, obviously, last year, and I expect him to take a step forward. And um, you know, they kind of hinted at the pass that they may use him a little bit on offense just because he plays the ball so well in the air on defense. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they give him a shot on offense this year with all the opt-outs they've had on, on the, you know, in the wide receiver core. Yeah, uh, I'm sure LSU would be great or would definitely appreciate if he gets defensive player of the year with all the players they've lost from last year. I know they've reloaded, but still they're um... – it's going to be a tough task to reload from everything they lost last year, and plus all the players opting out as well. Uh, offensive player of the year. Stay with you, Holt. Offens- and the SEC. And the SEC, excuse me. Um, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit, and I'm going to say Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. Um, he's a little bit off the radar. He had some injuries last year, but uh, he's a really good running back, really talented. And um, I expect Texas A&M to lean on the run a little bit this year offensively. I think they're going to be more of a defensive team. But um, I know I'm kind of going out on a limb a little bit with him, but uh, that's someone who I expect to have a big year this year. And, I mean, it, it would be really easy to just say, like, Najee Harris or something like that. But I want to be, like, at least a little bit different. I don't want to give, like, all straight across answers. So that's just a little, just a little out there for you. JB? I'm going to go with someone that a lot of people may not be picking. I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. Um, He's got a full offseason under his belt, knowing that he's the guy in Gainesville. He's going into his uh, fifth-year senior season. Uh, Their offense is, you know, settled in. I mean, the receivers supposedly are coming back. They're not going to opt out. And I I really like him, you know, have another year under Mullen, and I think he's going to have put up some big numbers this year and lead forward into a really good season. That is a little surprise. Both of those picks are kind of surprising for offensive players of the year. Um, Kyle Trask, you know, I think you know what to expect, but you don't necessarily expect him to be like a breakout player, just have a huge year. Just expect him to be decent as my expectation, not necessarily just killing it. But um wouldn't surprise me if a Dan Mullen quarterback did a lot better than he was supposed to do. Um Running backs, you whole you talked about um, Isaiah Spiller from AM. That reminds me of our, our uh, slow smoke favorite, Travion Williams, back in the day from AM, which I had to think about for a second what his name was. But um, 
man, he actually has some good numbers. I I don't know if his last year, if he didn't get enough love from everyone, but I feel like he didn't get enough attention that he deserved uh, in the SEC. Because I'm looking at the stats now. He almost had 1,800 yards his junior year. Yeah. Well, that's what me and JB were actually just talking about this for the podcast because we couldn't who it was that we were so crazy about two years ago. And then as soon as you said it, it clicked for me. But, yeah, he, he was awesome. Um, throughout his career at A&M, and he never really got the respects he deserved. Um, I think some of that had to do with Kevin Sumlin. Some of that had to do with um, just the performance of the team while he was there. Um, but he really had some talent. He was really fun to watch. And, um, you know, he was definitely the uh, the slow smoke favorite uh, two years ago. Last year it was, um, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn. So uh, it be interesting to see who uh, – who really stands out and who's who's the SEC slow smoked like getting no respects um, player, player who we uh, who we all support here and we we you know we we love to uh, give shouts to the guys that don't get the respect they deserve so that, that's kind of what this podcast is about so maybe Raheem Boyd could be that yeah, guy this yeah yeah Raheem Boyd could be that guy this year for sure but that's something we don't pick at the beginning of the year that's something that we uh, grow on during the year we kind of just latch on to someone. Yeah, but I mean, we could give like I, we could give a couple guys out for like obviously like Raheem Boyd would be one, um, you know maybe I mean maybe Costello, but usually it probably wouldn't be a quarterback. But I just feel like there's always a couple players in the league that just don't get the respect they deserve. Usually, at one of like the lower level schools or the middle tier schools. Well, not, I was gonna say uh, that uh, I don't even uh, you're gonna have to tell me I don't even know his name, but I know everybody was like hyping up the Vanderbilt quarterback, so maybe that could be it. Yeah, I you know I actually totally forgot his name, but I know they have a true freshman who's really been standing. What we were talking about on the East preview, uh, totally forgot his name. But Boy, I'll get it. I'll get well, it. Don't worry, it's coming. It. Um, so he uh, he's some, Seals. Is he the one from Texas? I really hope so. He was the first one I looked at. Uh, he's the freshman. From yeah, it's probably him. I can't see if it's from Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing six A high school, he threw for three thousand yards in Texas. Yep. Yeah, that's our guy. So he's someone to watch out for, and uh, you know, obviously, if he wins the starting job as a freshman, then you know he'll be the starter there for a long time, especially with you're not counting. Yep. So we have SEC offensive defensive player year. Let's talk about uh, surprise teams. From I guess we're just keeping an SEC here. Uh, start with you, JB. Yeah, so surprise team to me is not necessarily going to be wins and losses, but I'm going. I'm actually going to go with Tennessee. I think they're going to be a lot more competitive this year. Uh, the wins and losses may not show up, but I think that you know they're not going to be a team that's just going to be blown out like they have been the last couple of years. I expect this Tennessee team to be competitive in a lot of games against you know, upper tier teams and may steal a game. You know. It was hard for me to pick between Kentucky and Tennessee, but I went with Tennessee. I um I will enjoy replaying this podcast after the season to see what's going on. It's I almost feel bad for Tennessee fans because like it's like they like you have so much optimism every year, like that's gonna be better. And last year was better than the year before, so like there's there's that. But I guess the pre pre Jeremy Pruitt era, um, it was always next year, next year, next year, and even. Even Jeremy Pruitt last year was – obviously, he was better than the year before, but, like, it didn't start off great with that uh, loss to Georgia State. So, hopefully, it uh, goes a little bit smoother. And, I guess, year three now with Jeremy Pruitt. That's correct. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's part of the thing with Tennessee, too, is I say this all the time, but 
usually their tough games are in the first half of the schedule. And in the second half, um, the schedule lightens up a little bit. So I think that's part of the reason why a lot of optimism gets built up. But I think some of it may be justified this year um, with what they have on the offensive line and, you know, year two under Jim Chaney. But, you know, just like we were – just like we've been saying, it's all going to come down to the quarterback play for them. Holt, who do you have for a surprise team? You know, I mean, I said A&M. I don't know if that's really like a huge surprise. Um, but with all the players they have returning this year and with COVID and everything, um, I think that really favors the experienced teams. Um and, you know, we're going to find out pretty quick. Obviously, they play uh, Alabama week two. Um, so, we're going to find out real quick how good they are. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to win that game. But, you know, that being said, I think after that, I think I'll probably pick them to win for that. So, uh, you know, I, I expect them to have a really good year this year, maybe division, but still have a really solid season. And, um, you know, that, Another step forward for Jimbo. Stand with you, hold here for the most disappointing team, the other end of the spectrum in the SEC. You know, I'm going to go with LSU. Um, I feel like there's just so much hype for them this year, and you know everything. It's almost unfair, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it really is, and you know, we've seen this before with LSU, where they've lost like a ton of players, and everyone expects them to just you know be right back at the same level again next year. But it isn't just the players they lost; it's the coaches too replacing both coordinators. Um, you know, I mean, I know, in, you know, um, Inzmink, the coordinator, yeah. um, you know, obviously was coaching there last year as well, but, you know, losing Brady, losing Aranda on top of all those players, plus they've had, um, I think they should still be really talented and I still expect them to, you know, take care of business against the lower level teams, but I don't think they're really anywhere close to Alabama this year. Um, and I think A&M is going to get the better of them, too. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Florida and then maybe another, you know, random game somewhere, whether it be Auburn or, you know, Mississippi State or Ole Miss or, um, you know, someone like that as well. Like just kind of like a weird loss there, there um, that's just kind of disappointing. And, you know, I don't think they'll be bad. Like I'm saying, I just think that I think holding them to the standard of last year is just a little bit unfair. Yeah, it is. I was uh, watching the blind side yesterday. I came on TV and I saw Coach O for Ole Miss and just like looked so weird seeing him in Ole Miss. I know that what happened, but it just seemed like a lifetime ago he was at Ole Miss. And now he's like the face of LSU and you can't picture him in, for any other team except for LSU now. All right. I, I did confirm that you were correct about the uh, Vanderbilt quarterback's name, Ken Seals. And uh, let me there real quick. I got to built 247 message board um, just to confirm that real quick. And, man, this place is dead. Like, it's so depressing. <laughs> like, like the writer the writer for this website is literally just posting updates and no one's commenting or liking it. <laughs> and about, like, like, it is so depressing. <laughs> and they're not going to have any fans at the games this year, too. So that's just right on par with what you expect there. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – we're, we're saying that's just a Vanderbilt thing, not like a 247 new thing because people are obviously still active on 247 for like the big, bigger, more oh, – Oh, yeah, definitely. This is just Vanderbilt. And, yeah. I mean, it's – like, I mean, you can even look at the – like these posts on here get like 40 views or 10 views or, you know, like they're all like less than 100. <laughs> and it's just like, man, like that is so depressing. That is, in fact, depressing. Um, but maybe Ken Seals can get them to uh, triple-digit views. 
Let's hope. Yeah. He might be he might be my my slow smoke favorite. I don't know if it's y'all's, but I just Vanderbilt needs some more love. All right. So what do we have next? What we have next is me, Alex. Oh, oh, JB, sorry. Disappointing team, JB. Uh, I'll keep it brief. My disappointing team is Auburn. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish 500 this year. I don't like what they have to replace on the offensive and on the defensive lines. Uh, those are places where you need experience to win in this conference. All right. So uh, the next thing up is coach my, Coach most likely to be fired. And I, um, I'm cheating here, JB. I have your answer for who it is, but I think Holt's going to say the same thing. So I'd rather just ask you a question since you just talked about disappointing Auburn's going to be. Um, do you think there's a chance that uh, as volatile as uh, Gus Malzahn is at Auburn up and down uh, with the fans and everything else, do you think if they have a disappointing year this year that there's a chance he could be fired? I know he had a, he has a huge buyout, but I think like either last year or two years ago, it seemed like that buyout wasn't going to stop anybody from, Getting them, getting them a new coach. I mean, I think a lot of Auburn, you know, fans, even uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be as good as last year. But if they were to finish four and six, I think you would definitely have to see that as a possibility. But I think if he, as long as he finishes five and five or better, especially during the pandemic, he'll get another year. Yeah, I said sorry for skipping over you, JB, for your official answer because I think Holt's going to say the same thing. Go ahead, Holt. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is Will Muschamp. Um, obviously, he's an incredible recruiter. I don't know how they continue to get all these, like, you know, foreign backs they keep getting. I think he's he's got two on campus, and he's got another one committed for next year. Uh, I don't know how he convinces these quarterbacks to come play for him, but um, and it doesn't really matter because he can't do anything on offense. And, um, you know, I expect a, a lot of ugly games this year. And uh, I think even with uh, COVID and everything, South Carolina is still going to be willing to buy him out. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are already talking about Billy Napier maybe taking that job. Does he have a South Carolina connection or is it just he's the best coach right now? Well, he um, had coaching experience in, uh, in South Carolina at Clemson. Um, and then he, I believe, from like North, like North Georgia or somewhere close to like the so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll bail you out real quick. I'm looking at it right now. So he um, was a quarterback at Furman, which is South Carolina. That's not like going to get you the South Carolina job necessarily, but um, he's from Chatsworth, Georgia, which I think is North Georgia. So it's close to South Carolina, I guess, but he was a GA at Clemson, uh, QB coach at South Carolina State, and then uh, position coach at Clemson, offensive coordinator at Clemson. So um, I guess that's the South Carolina connection, but – um, I don't know, man. If I, I mean, South Carolina to me is still a really good job, but um, if I was Billy Napier, I might uh, hold out for a better job. But um, I mean, because he, I think that's why he held out this past year. Because I mean, he could have got a better job. I think Memphis wanted him. Told y'all that earlier, but I, I think he knew that uh, Louisiana was gonna have to be a good team this year, so he yeah. kind of wanted to hold on. Yeah, he knew they had a lot coming back this year. You know, he turned down the Mississippi State job last year as well. Um, you know, so he definitely had some opportunities. Uh, but I think from what I've heard, he is kind of holding out for that South Carolina job. But, you know, that being said, I don't know if any bigger jobs will come open this year. But if they do, then, you know, he would definitely be wiser to take a, a bigger job. South Carolina is a good school, but it is still a difficult place to win at when you're in the same division as, you know, Georgia and Florida. 
in the same state as Clemson now. Like Clemson, South Carolina before um, Dabo was like all South Carolina. I feel like um, Clemson had its years, but Clemson wasn't great at all. Now it's just like you're competing against Clemson, although South Carolina does hold their own in recruiting. Uh, no, under Muschamp. I mean, you know, Spurs not always the best, but I think South Carolina is a place where you can recruit to. There's a good talent base there, and they have a good, you know, stadium environment and stuff like that. So I, I feel like if you're willing to go in there and recruit, well, Muschamp has proven that you can get guys to come there. We have two more individual player awards or predictions, I guess to give out a uh, breakout player and best newcomer. JB, I'll let you pick between the two and then Hole, you can take the other one. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead with go with the breakout player. Uh, mine's going to be Miles Brennan. I mean, the weapons are still there in Baton Rouge, even without Jamar Chase. Uh, they've got some great, some great receivers uh, led by Terrence Marshall, who was a former five-star. He was like the number three guy in last year's unit. He's going to be the lead guy this year. Uh, Brennan is a really solid quarterback. He was going to be the starter two years ago until Joe Burrow transferred into Baton Rouge. And uh, he's been patiently waiting. Uh, he's, he performed well last year when he came in during mop-up duty. Uh, he knows the system. I, I expect him to uh, come in and, and really take off. I mean, he's not going to have a Joe Burrow-type season, but I expect him to put up some really big, big numbers and uh, be a household name in the SEC. Do you know who he reminds me of is Jared Goff. I don't know why, but he reminds me so much of him. He kind of looks like him, doesn't he? I mean, he's got, like, his yeah. tall, blonde hair. He just – they look like they could be or something. Man, I don't know if y'all remember uh, Hard Knocks back in the day when they had uh, the Rams on. I think it was the year they moved to L.A. and um, Jared Goff was the rookie quarterback. Man, he was not smart at all. They um, they asked him some, some, like, basic questions. I think one of the questions, like, him and Todd Gurley were arguing over, like, what – what uh, direction does the sun rise? And, like, um, he couldn't figure out, like, he was like, uh, I don't know, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Todd, then he, like, he's like, he's like, I guess nobody knows that. So he, like, he asked Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley said something even dumber after that. And it was just, it was bad. Yeah, and then Jared Goff is a graduate of Berkeley, isn't he? So, I mean, that's like. Uh, is he a graduate or did he come out for junior year? Uh, well, I mean, he still went to Berkeley, which is one of the more prestigious schools. Not just in the Pac-12, but in the entire country, as far as public institutions. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing as uh, like all these basketball players going to Duke. I mean, they're they're a little different because they're mostly one and dones now, uh, so they're not staying at Duke for three or four years like Jared Goff did at California. But still, it's like you can't tell me that all the basketball players that go to better, pretty good schools, like academic schools, are going to be really smart. It's just it is what it is. I mean, if you're good at sports, like you can get a scholarship and not really have to study or have common sense or be smart at all which uh kind of doesn't make sense at all because quarterback i feel like you have to be kind of smarter just have good sense but um he might have proven that wrong with that maybe it's just a one-off maybe he knows everything else in the world just not which direction the sun rises <laughs> all right uh so that was breakout player that means whole you have best newcomer Newcomer, uh, I can't remember what I said for this one. So there's some. I mean, I, I think I picked KJ Costello actually. Yeah, that's hard to pick. We had already talked about him. Um, just because you know, I mean, all the reasons I said, like he's out of all the transfers into the SEC this year. I mean, you could have said, um, you know, Jamie Newman at Georgia as well, but obviously he's opted out now. 
Um, but, you know, he's got a good track record. He probably has, you know, more experience playing college football than any other quarterback in the SEC this year. And he's going to be playing in a very quarterback-friendly offense where he's going to put up some big numbers. So, to me, it's just all about him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's going to put up some big numbers. That being said, I don't know if that necessarily is going to translate to wins, but I do think that he's going to put up some big numbers this year as long as he's able to stay on the field. JB, give me a bold prediction for the SEC. Yeah, my bold prediction is out of this group of teams, out of Kentucky, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, one of those teams is going to break through and win seven-plus games, which would be the equivalent of winning ten games in a normal schedule. Oh, I don't really like that for bowl. That's, I mean, that's four teams that wouldn't win. It is, but none of these four teams are projected to win uh, more than five games between either of these teams. Yeah, but that's not a true bowl projection. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's it's unlikely for those four teams to do that, but, like, that's that's not bold enough for me. Uh, I just I just okay. don't like it. I'll change it. Between Tennessee, one of them is going to win seven. No, games. no. Just give me, give me one of the teams or do something like, like Vanderbilt's going to win the SEC. Alex, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right. So you're saying Kentucky or Tennessee is going to win seven or more games? Yes. All right. I, I, I still don't like it, but it is what it is. You can pick what you want. Hold, give me uh, give me a biggest upset in the SEC. The biggest upset this year? Um do you think uh, Vanderbilt's going to beat Alabama? Maybe. No. Um, tough one. You I go mean, fine. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be fun, then, would it? It wouldn't be. I mean, I guess I would have to pick LSU lose again. I'll just pick LSU lose the Ole Miss. How about that? Okay. Yeah, no, and I could see that. And I know you didn't ask me for a breakout player, but I'll just go ahead and say it anyway. But I think Gary <laughs> Uh, that Ole Miss is going to have a big year this year. Uh, Lane Kiffin, he gets a lot of credit for a passing game, but uh, he's had some really good running backs in the past, and his running backs have put up some really big numbers. Jeffrey, the former five-star running back, um, have a breakout year this year. And I'll go ahead and put in my biggest upset to even it out with Holtz. Uh, my biggest upset of this year is going to be Kentucky going to the Plains of Auburn and beating Auburn week one next week. See, that's – even more bold than your first prediction. Although, I don't know. I don't know, but um, I do like that one better than your bold prediction, okay. baby. So, that's the redemption. All right. So, um, and I can see that one happening as well with Auburn uh, having a bunch of new players and Kentucky uh, kind of taking the next step. All right. So, let's move on. Um, one of the one of the ones we wanted to do, I guess you want to do, JB, was pick the order of the East and the West, but I think that might take too long. I'd rather just pick the SEC championship game. Yeah, that works for me. Uh, my SEC champion is SEC championship game is going to be Alabama coming out of the West and Florida coming out of the East, and I've got Alabama beating Florida in SEC championship. By the way, I feel like that is the consensus this year. I feel like. I feel like Alabama is obviously the pick for the West, but I feel like um, well, uh, Florida. East. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying I think there's more people this year picking Florida than Georgia. I feel like. Uh, I disagree. I think I've seen more people picking Georgia, but uh, I've I've been going back and forth between Florida and Georgia since the spring, but uh, now I'm more or less on the Florida train. I've I've just been seeing some practice reports coming out of Georgia, and I'm not as confident about. Uh, their quarterback situation and also their offensive line, whether or not they're really meshing as well as they would want to, you know, going early, especially with 
coordinator in Todd Monken. And we know that Florida has the more stable offense than Georgia. And we know that Georgia has a good – has an awesome defense, probably the best in the conference. But you still got to be able to score points. And we know that Florida will be able to score. And Florida's defense is always good no matter what. Oh, do you have anything different than that? No, I'm the exact same. Um, you know, I wanted to go at Georgia. Um, I believe in our SEC East. But with James out and the questions around JT Daniels, um, it's looking more and more like they may have to go with the, the redshirt freshman um, who, I mean, has gotten some good reviews, but, you know, he's still a freshman and, um, you know, it's the first year in a new system. So, um you know, also, I was worried about the Florida receivers. <laughs> Apparently, they uh, at this. Um, I think that's huge for Florida's offense, and um, you know, I, I just think Florida's a little bit safer pick, so I'm gonna go with Florida in the East, and obviously Alabama in the West. And um, you know, I think Florida's gonna be good this year, but they're not gonna be quite on Alabama's level, so I'm gonna go with the uh, go with Alabama. Give me the other Power Five conference champs hold and. I would probably yeah. leave out the Pac-12 just because um, I don't know if they're Power 5 anymore, for one. And two, um, I feel like that's cruel to pick a Pac-12 champion right now when they don't have a season plan. Yeah. Well, I do think that they're going to end up playing uh, the Pac-12. But, um, but no one will care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think there's any guarantee of their champion will anyway. Um, just, it just seems like they just can't really leave him out. But uh, that means, I mean, I'm pretty basic across the board. I'm going to go Clemson, UC, Ohio State in the Big and Oklahoma in the Big 12. And if the Pac-12 does play, I'd go with Oregon. But so very, very standard, nothing crazy, very boring. Yeah, my pick exact same as Holtz, too. Yeah. So I'd move on from that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just- I feel like this is going to be the um, Power 5 conference champs for the – like foreseeable future outside of this. I feel like SEC, there could be a little bit of change with um, Georgia, maybe Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, just, and it may be even A&M other than Alabama. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of schools in the SEC that I think that when Saban does up, there's going to be a lot of schools. that are, It's going to be some parity in the conference coming in the SEC in the next few years. And yeah. It's gonna be yeah, I was, I, I'm more excited for that to come because I think it's more exciting when you don't know who's going this every year. Be it there, at least. There it is. All right, so let's move on. Best non-Power 5 team. JB, who you got? I'm going with the Cincinnati Bearcats. I mean, I just look about, you know, where they got coming back on both sides of the ball. Uh, Double-digit returning starters. I really like uh, their defense, too. And, you know, you don't really see a lot of good defenses in the non-Power 5, but I really like their defense. Uh, Luke Fickle is really good. Uh, I would pick Memphis if they still had Norvell, but I know they're doing some continuity with uh, Silverfield, but also losing uh, Kenneth Gainwell to me was like the final straw. Hard for me to pick between the two, but I went ready. Yeah. Hold for the uh, group of – what's it called? Group of six teams, I guess. Um, for the New Year's Six Bowl game, best non-Power 5 team, uh, out of the group of six, do you think it's going to be always somebody from the American going forward? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I do think that most years they will. Uh, but this year, I, I will say that, like, I do feel really good about uh, the Raging K, especially after that performance uh, last week in the second half um, against I. Um, I would actually probably go with this year. 
yeah, Sun Belt is always the fun belt to me. As well. I mean, the the American isn't going to get none of the like Cincinnati and Memphis are not going to get an opportunity to be a Power Five team on the road this year. So I mean, they may have the best win out of all of them. Yeah, and especially if they don't uh, lose. I mean, if they don't lose, then their their record's going to just hold up by itself. They they really need Iowa State to turn around because if Iowa State ends up having like a really good season this year, then that's going to be a huge win for them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would say usually does beat Texas in their in their defense every year. Yeah, well, they, they beat Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield was there, didn't they? Um, yeah, I feel like that was the game. That, or was it them? Or which game did uh, Oklahoma was, like? I would say Oklahoma that one year. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago. Who did Oklahoma lose to last year? They should have lost to Kansas State. Yeah, that was weird too. All right, um, all right. So we have Cincinnati and. Uh, Louisiana for the non-power five. Uh, give me the college football playoff. I feel like this is kind of um, set in, not set in stone, but obvious now that we've picked the power five champs. However, there could be multiple SEC teams in there um, or multiple teams for one conference. Uh, JB, who you got first? Yeah, uh, do you want to get, do you want to do the Heisman winner first, or to get the college football playoff? Well, I said best player in college earlier, and you said Trevor we Lawrence. We did. We did. However, it's not. It's my Heisman winner. It's going to be the best player, but it's not. JB pulled a true on you, Alex. I did. <laughs> I mean, I, I see I see your, your notes that you sent <laughs> me, and it did make me wonder how you were yeah. talking about Trevor Lawrence as best player, and then you have your your Heisman winner difference. So go ahead and give your – I'll give you your, your 30 seconds glory here. Yeah, my Heisman winner is going to be Justin Fields. I mean, I think the stats he's going to put up this year, especially with the motivated Ohio State team, uh, he's going to put up incredible sets here. I mean, I, I don't think he's better than Trevor Lawrence, but uh, he's going to be the offense this year. You know, another year in the system. I really like him to uh, really pad his stats and uh, blow out a bunch of teams this year. Big Ten, uh, they're on a mission. Man, it would be nice to just have a constant, reliable, great quarterback like Oklahoma always does and now Ohio State does. Like every year they're – Quarterbacks are always in the running for the Heisman. I just think that's awesome. I mean, Memphis, in fairness, has usually a pretty good quarterback too now, or we have the past like five years. But um, I think that's awesome for Oklahoma, Clemson, or Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State. I guess <laughs> it's yeah. like, and I, I guess there's a correlation there. I will say that earlier I thought we did pick the Heisman winner, so I was talking about Trevor Lawrence winning the Heisman. So yeah, he's he's my. Heisman but do you also think Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football? Yes. <laughs> Uh, the yeah, best player doesn't mean that you win the Heisman. The Heisman to me is not even always best player. It's always who has the best stats. Because I mean, I mean Johnny Football, you know, put up amazing stats for a nine and three team, and won the Heisman. Or no, they were ten and two that year. But still. but the real question is, JB, if you're the best player in the country, do you also win the Heisman? You don't have to be the best player to put up the most <laughs> stats. We all know Lawrence is the best player. But, I mean, it doesn't mean he's going to put up the best So, stats. you're saying that – Because Trevor Lawrence has a really <laughs> – I mean, Travis Etienne's going to put up, you know, a lot of stats on the ground, too. But just so we're clear, Trevor Lawrence can be the best player in the country but not win the Heisman at the same time? Exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. I mean, so, I think... oh, oh, you got more JB for us? I don't have any more. I'm just saying it happens. <laughs> okay. I mean yeah. – I mean, y'all – but 07, uh, Tim Tebow won the Heisman for a – you know, a multiple loss team as well in 07, you know, put up incredible stats. Oh, was he the best player in the country that year? Was he? I mean, 
I mean, you, you tell me. I mean, I could have easily said uh, Pat White or Steve Slayton, who were on even better teams that year, but those two took stats away from each other. I mean, right, I think a lot of times is the one who puts up more incredible stats. And so, I'm not all about stats, but I mean, that's why. I mean, I do think Justin Fields is going to put up the best stats between the two, and that's why I think he wins. So, just so we're clear. <laughs> yes. I think we've um, covered all the ground on that topic. I think we're good for the Heisman and best player debate now. All right. So, Jamie, with that being said, can you give me your college football playoff for? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, it's it's boring. I mean, I've got Clemson in the one seed, uh, Ohio State number two, Alabama number three, because they're going to have to lose a game. And I've got Oklahoma number four. And uh, – you want me to go ahead and give you the winners? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, run through it, run through it. Okay, so I've got Clemson beating Oklahoma in the one versus four matchup. I've got Ohio State beating Alabama in that in that semifinal matchup, and then my national championship. I've got Ohio State beating Clemson. Not super surprising, but the Ohio State over Clemson uh, could throw some off, with especially given that uh, how awesome Clemson looks Saturday, and Ohio State is. Uh, getting a late start to the season. Do y'all think um, Do y'all think that is going to affect any Big Ten team or, I guess, really Ohio State getting a late start? Do you think that's going to mess up their uh, chances? Not a be- not winning the Big Ten, obviously, but of in the college football playoff? Or- I mean, I don't think so because, I mean, either they're getting off to a later start. I mean, they're still going to play eight games. So they're going to have plenty of time to in themselves, you know, before they have to play in the playoff. And they're also going to get a ninth game as well. So I, I don't see how this is. To affect Ohio, they're gonna have time to fine tune, and I mean, they they're they're extremely. I mean, they dominated Clemson uh, for a while last year in their semifinal matchup. Before you know, Clemson finally was able to make that comeback. And Ohio State, I just I really feel like they're motivated, and I think they're gonna break through this and get that national championship. I mean, they they're not like your typical Big Ten Ohio State team that we used to make fun of. I mean, they're they're stacked with talent across the board. They get a lot of athletes from Florida too. I mean, if you put Ohio State in the SEC, I would pick them to win the SEC this year. I mean, that's how much I respect them, even though a lot of SEC fans will hate me for saying that. Yeah, well, you do have them beat Alabama, so that makes sense that they would win the SEC. Holt, can you add anything different to that? Are we going to do the same exact four? Um, I have Oklahoma not in the Final Four. Ooh. There's a game somewhere. Um, I actually do not have a Big 12 team. Um, I mean, hey, that's that's fair. After they both lost to Arkansas State and um, Louisiana this past, I mean, that's not obviously the teams that are going to run the Big Twelve, but Big Twelve doesn't look great, or it's not off to a great start. Yeah, I just I have a gut feeling that uh, you know, um, wow, I totally just Lincoln Riley. I totally just forgot the name. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, he. uh, I, I just have a gut feeling that he's maybe been a little bit overrated. Um, you know, I think Spencer Rattler is incredibly talented, but uh, the first quarterback that he's really had to coach up, um, you know, obviously they lose C.D. Lamb off the last team, and I think I want to say the running backs have been banged up, but either way, Brooks. Uh, either way, um, I just don't think they're going to make it through the season undefeated, and with as bad as they've played in the playoff, I think that's going to be weighing in and on the committee's mind. Um, I actually have a surprise team from the SEC. Um, my surprise team, Texas A&M, 
sneaking in to the four slot into the playoff over Oklahoma um, and playing, I guess it would be, I guess I would have probably Clemson number one, Ohio State number two, Alabama number three, A&M four. Um, and then I would have both the SEC teams losing in the first round. I would also have Clemson and Ohio State playing in the championship game. And I'm going to go with Clemson. Um, I definitely could see Ohio State winning that game. Uh, but I'm just going to go with Clemson just to be um, just a little bit different than JB. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen Ohio State play yet this year, and I'm sure they'll be awesome. But it's uh, going to be hard for me to think about somebody looking better than Clemson did against Wake Forest. And I know it's Wake Forest, but still they um, they looked very focused and just methodical in how they destroyed Wake Forest. So um, it'll be a fun season all along, even though it's in middle of a pandemic and not a full college football season. But um, as much, I guess, chalk as we're describing or predicting here in terms of, like, the best teams winning, I would be all for some crazy, crazy upsets this year. Yeah, that's the thing is I definitely expect there to be some wild upsets this year. I don't know, like, when, when or where it's coming, but, you know, it would definitely – I definitely would not be surprised at all to see uh, – you know, one of the top teams in the country just randomly lose the game. Plus, like, you know, especially the SEC, when you play 10 straight conference games, I mean, that's brutal. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that's really tough. The, the only reason that I feel so confident in Alabama is just because, you know, number one, the continuity. But number two, I, I just – I really think that they're just that much better than everyone else in the league this year. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully someone else steps up. But I, I really think that they're heading above everybody else. I still think they're somewhere along the line. I'm all for Arkansas winning three games this year or more in SEC, upsetting some teams. Also, very big on Kansas winning a game. I would love to see Kansas winning in the Big 12 despite them losing this past week to, was it Campbell? Campbell, I think? Coastal Carolina. Oh, who lost to Campbell? No, Georgia, no. Southern, Georgia Southern almost lost to Campbell. Okay, well, I was about to say, because I know Coastal Carolina plays Campbell this weekend. They're like a you know 26-point favorite. Yeah, Georgia Southern almost lost to Campbell, but I also read that like Georgia Southern had like thirty players out because of COVID. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I hope Kansas can bounce back. I still have a little bit of faith in Les Miles to get things turned around. Um, not not necessarily them to be like one of the better teams in the Big Twelve, but I feel like he can build a solid foundation there for them to kind of build off of after he retires. Um, you know, but. That being said, last week was very disappointing. I know if you're a Kansas fan, um, you know. Yeah, I don't want to see Les Miles go out like this uh, with Kansas. I mean, that's where coaches do go to die, but still, um, I don't want to see Les Miles. I wish Les Miles would have taken, like, a good group of six job, like Memphis or something like that. I mean, I don't think Memphis would have hired him, but um, something where it's, like, a winnable situation. Kansas just this – I don't know if Nick Saban can win at Kansas – I mean, I feel like he goes to Carolina, but um, they would have Kansas competing for the Big 12 by year three. But yeah. that being said, uh, I, I did hear Les Miles say that uh, after that performance last week that he's hoping to uh, open up the uh, going forward. So, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, he's really going to start throwing it now, is what he said. <laughs> yep, yep. I wonder if he. I wonder if the grass tastes different in Kansas and then Louisiana. Probably. Maybe I don't know. We, we should ask him when we have him on the podcast. 
Yeah, coming soon. Uh, I didn't want to drop it like that, Holt, but um, that is a secret that we've been keeping keeping tight for a while. But uh, coming soon, coming soon, we'll have some big interviews. <laughs> Other than that, um, I don't think I have anything else. Unless y'all have anything else to add, we'll I guess wait till next week where we uh, talk more college football. Yeah, we're gonna have a preview of Week One next week. Uh, you know, we can do the SEC and then we can do some non-SEC games too. Uh, but definitely excited. This is the last Saturday without SEC football. It's getting pretty excited. Um, we're definitely within the window now of if a player tests positive, he's not gonna be able to play in the first game. So definitely have been worried about that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully all the players in the SEC are healthy. Yep, hopefully for sure. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.